Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 165 of Value Town. I'm Chamia V, and joining me, of course, is Gara, my co-host. What's up, buddy? Um, not much. Just having an amazing time playing Hearthstone every day. That man, positive attitude. So good. So good. And we've got an old friend returning. It's been a while, but Firebat's back on the show. How you doing, man? Doing pretty well. Happy to be here. Excited to talk about all the stuff and things. Yeah. Lots and lots of meta or lots of the same type of meta, at least recently. But uh, we've got some big news, though, to talk about, which uh, I think a lot of people weren't expecting, um, which you know, has to do with Ben, uh, as well as like the Monster Hunt, some changes to Shutterwalk that uh, you know maybe some of us anticipated or not. Uh, but then most of this show, guys, we're going to talk about meta, of course, just the Witchwood meta and some of the decks we're seeing. Um, highlighting a card today, we're going to be highlighting Life Drinker and some of the decks that's uh, some good decks that are actually coming from it. Um, and then we got uh, some Q and A at the end. Oh, we got maybe underrated, overrated. We'll see if I, I didn't even get a chance to talk to you guys too much about that. So maybe we can kind of do that on the fly. Uh, Q and A at the end. Uh, but want to just uh, let folks know that this episode is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Uh, ZipRecruiter is a job site that if you're looking for somebody to hire, uh, this is going to be a definitely a great place for you to do so. And we'll talk a little bit more about it a little bit later. Uh, obviously, also Valuetown is part of uh, hs3play.net, so go and check out hs3play when you get a chance uh, to find out the latest stats uh, on Hearthstone. Okay, so uh, our week in Hearthstone, what have you guys been up to? Like, just... Grinding away ladder. You guys trying to make the the end of the month push like right now? It's it's actually within a week, so it's usually the time frame, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like I got to top fifty on NA today. Okay, that's great. Asia. All right, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know. Like you still need to get like to top ten ish. Then mm-hmm. you can camp maybe top twenty. Who knows? Like maybe Blizzard will change the, the system again. Well, that's the thing. Like after, the after what happened to you last month, Gara. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, don't you want to push to higher earlier this time around? I'm just playing now. Like I don't really care anymore. <laughs> okay. Like uh, that was very frustrating, unfortunately. But yeah, I just do. I like it's kind of like a routine. You're so used to it. I don't even think about it anymore. Like you just look at the calendar. You're like, okay, five days to go. I guess I'm gonna play. A lot of tier one decks the next time, and yeah. You know when you don't when you stop caring, sometimes that's the time where things just happen for you. You know, like the things that you want to happen. Uh, Firebat, how about you, man? Like, what you been up to in terms uh, of Hearthstone? For most of the season, I've been playing kind of meme decks, kind of doing my own thing, experimenting mm-hmm. a lot. Most of my experiments have failed, which has been kind <laughs> of a bummer. So I was at around like twenty five hundred. And then over the last two days, I started doing the whole try-hard stuff, got to yeah. 500, and then got to 200 yesterday. So, mm-hmm. you know, slowly progressing my way up, trying to play uh, pretty much everything. It, mm-hmm. Playing some even Paladin, playing Odd Paladin, tried the new Murloc Paladin. Don't get too crazy uh, there, guys, with those decks. <laughs> yeah. Did Control Warlock. Didn't actually do any Cube Warlock, just the Controlling Warlock. Yeah. And then... Um, 
What else did I play? I did the the combo mind blast priest. Yeah, that which was a mistake. That was, <laughs> what really? <laughs> it was, was kind of fun, but the like... quest rogue is a problem. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Control warrior. Quest rogue is a bummer for that deck too. So that was unfortunate. You know, Anything with the word these. control for a yeah. the the class is but, going uh, to be a problem for. And then uh, finally got to burn mage, which has been the most successful for me so far. Yeah, Burn Mage. That, we're going to be talking about that with the Live Drinker talk. Um, so cool. Yeah, for me, I've been, you know, it was so funny because I had this, I had like this one day where I'm just like, uh, you know, just got these shaman quests in my queue and I'm like, oh man, I'm just, I'm going to just like reset one of them. And I keep, I kept getting shaman ones. So I ended up with three shaman ones eventually. So I'm like, fuck man, I got to actually do this now. So <laughs> put together like an elemental shaman just because I couldn't think of any, I didn't want to play Shutterwalk shaman for sure. For sure. And uh, even shaman didn't, even shaman is such a Frankenstein looking deck that I, I just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just going to put together an elemental shaman. Uh, anyways, I ended up having a little bit of success. So it was, it was kind of fun uh, getting to play that and, you know, just learning a few more things about, it's more just like, uh, what what shaman would need, you know, for something like an elemental shaman to be good. So that was that was a little bit, definitely some fun there. And then I've been playing the mage today because of you, Firebat. So mage is pretty fun. It's, it's fun winning, you know. It's it's, it's you know, <laughs> underrated winning, <laughs> winning and having fun. Uh, but let's talk about news. So big news, uh, which really should have been, I should have just had like one uh, topic on on my topic bar here. Uh, but Ben Brode announced that he's leaving Team 5, or he, his last day was, like, uh, the other day. It was uh, on April 20th, and um, I, I think that was a surprise to uh, many in the community. I even know that it was a surprise to a few people even on the PR team, So, um, which kind of surprised me, too, or at least in that, in that community PR team. So, yeah, Ben Brode leaving. Uh, just your thoughts. I mean... I'll, I definitely have a lot, but uh, Firebat, what's your feelings on Ben leaving Team 5? No, I'm sad to see him go. Uh, he's like a really smart dude, if you've ever had the chance to interact with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's able, he was like the face of Hearthstone, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the game director, just the big social media presence and all of that stuff for Hearthstone in general, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm also looking forward to change. Um, you know, if there's one way to shake things up in Hearthstone, uh, the game director leaving is a pretty good way to <laughs> yeah, do it. Obviously, <laughs> things are going to be, you know, different, whether that's, you know, for the, the good or the bad, things will definitely be different with whoever kind of takes the place of Hamilton Chu and Ben Brode. So I'm hopeful that it changes in a positive way, but in my opinion, because this is something I do for as many hours as I do it, any change is really good change for me because I just like things being kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. So with these people leaving and new people eventually coming in to, you know, take over, I think it's going to be slightly different Hearthstone in the future and I'm looking forward to it. All right, Gar, what's your take? I also met like Ben once and he's like such a positive human. He's basically in real life the same as as you see him on streams. He's like always laughing and and he's also incredibly smart. And I wasn't too sad about it because it, it was his own free choice. He just wants to move on and do different stuff. Like he wants to start his own company, design games again from scratch. So it's basically just, you know, like a life decision. He didn't feel like fulfilled anymore. So... 
like no hard feelings. It wasn't like he was kicked or anything. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a big hit for Blizzard and for Hearthstone because he was literally the face of Hearthstone. And I don't even want to know how much money they made more just because of Ben. Like, yeah. he really got people pumped up to buy Hearthstone packs. And yeah. And he was also always cool in the review streams and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I really wonder what kind of impact this will have on the game like him leaving like we can't really know because we don't really know what is happening behind the scenes how things are happening like who is creating what, what who is responsible for what like he was the the lead designer but what kind of impact this will have on Hearthstone as a game like we can't know yet so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think so my my impressions of ben leaving is like definitely sad you know like ben's for all of us that have been there from the start, Ben's been there. Like he's literally been the, you know, most magnanimous character in, from the Blizzard team, and we've always associated Blizzard Team Five with Ben Brode. You know, no matter if he was the game director or not. Um, it sounds like ever since he took over the game director, or at least most recent times, you know, maybe in the last year, year and a half, um, it sounds like he hasn't done as much designing, you know, and, and balancing, and, and it sounds more of managing. And, you know, just making sure, you know, the, the expansions come out, you know, probably working really close with Yang Wu and, and making sure all these things are happening, right? Um, so it, it sounds like he was missing that, really just the whole developer aspect of it, uh, designer, you know, just that, that whole, whole part of it. And I can totally see that. You know, Ben definitely seems like a guy that's, you know, I, I think more suited for, you know, just either in there, you know, like, like doing all this design or maybe even something that's more along the lines of like personality, you know, and doing, doing something like that. And I think with managing the team, it was kind of like he was doing the same kind of things and representing the team with his personality, but still having to manage everybody too, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, overall, it's just like, man, Ben, I feel like he was doing a lot of things that you can't really put down on paper. Um, you know, like doing these videos and stuff, like nobody's going to make videos better than Ben, <laughs> you know, like these developer insight videos. And then, um, in some ways I feel like Ben's been like when he was kind of pushed out and like, uh, you know, when he was, was basically the face of, uh, team five, when they chose to make him the face of team five, um, he's, he's kind of stemmed off a lot of the negativity, you know, like there used to be a lot of times where people would just be like, you know, all over team five. And I don't know. I, I felt like Ben's been able to keep that at bay just because of him, you know, and just how people revere him and, and just his personality and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm wondering if that will, you know, p be a problem, you know, in the future without him there. Um, but I'm excited, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful though. I'm definitely hopeful that, that we do see something different. I don't think the cards will be any different. I think that the last year has been really good, you know, in terms of, um, just the kind of expansions and how they've been, been going. But, um, you know, hopefully the new person that comes in, I don't know if it'll be a brand new person or it'll be just somebody from the team that takes over will, um, you know, uh, will at least instills maybe some some different things like you're hoping Firebat. You know, some some new ideas that might come to the table. I don't think it'll be too different though. I think they'll probably do it very much the same as what's been happening, cause just because it's probably been working in their eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the way they're doing it is bad right now by any means. I think definitely Hearthstone's a really solid game. Uh, the directions they've been taking, the card design, are all been fine. Uh, I just like change. So <laughs> I may be in the 1% with this, 
but I, I just like changing. I'm hoping new leadership causes new directions, new ideas, yeah. new anything. I think is just awesome. I, I love new. So mm-hmm. even though I think that Ben's work is great and I'm really sad to see him go, I think that everything is fine. New is just appealing to me because I get burned out on Hearthstone too quickly because I play it too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, I totally hear you. But anyways, good luck to Ben. And I'm sure whatever he does, he's going to do well just with the crazy amount of passion that he has for everything he does. And, you know, thanks, Ben, for just all everything you've done for Hearthstone. I mean, it's changed all our lives, you know, the three of us. So, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. Um, okay, next yeah, bit of news. Cool. Yeah, next bit of news we got is we have, let's see, um, the Monster Hunt. So Monster Hunt was officially announced. They made a, a video about it. And, um, you know, just kind of going through uh, just a little more details than the post that they had uh, a few weeks ago. So 45 bosses, and they're all going to be different. You know, they'll have their own flavor, which is really cool. Dungeon Run, you know, was pretty similar, but less bosses. Um, and then we have the four new classes, uh, which will be like Tess and some of the, basically the legendary cards that we have right now, the class legendaries. Uh, and so Tess Greymane will actually be a rogue, but she'll have a different hero power. So we'll have four of those, and you just try to finish the dungeon run uh, e- uh, with each of those. And if you finish them with all four classes, then you unlock a final challenge against Hagatha, which nobody knows what it's like or what the reward is. They haven't, or they haven't described it. I, I think they might have said what reward it is, but they haven't described what it's going to be like. So um, it's kind of you know what, what we're looking forward to tomorrow. It should be coming out uh, sometime tomorrow, maybe in the early afternoon. So um, you guys looking forward to it, Gara? Uh, yeah, I also like the way how they did it this time, mm-hmm. that they didn't release everything at the same time, because yeah. like all the constructed players usually just jump right into let and play test new decks. So now that it gets like a little bit stale again, uh, mm-hmm. that they come up with something new and fresh, I, I'm pretty sure that more people will be interested in yeah. doing the new dungeon run. Yeah. yeah, the dungeon run in the last set was one of the most popular game modes. A lot of people really loved it, myself included. So. It's pretty sweet that they, you know, understand, hey, a lot of people like this. Let's do this again and try and improve upon it and build upon it. So I'm really excited to be able to play the dungeon run uh, mode tomorrow. I think it'll be a nice change of place, change of pace from my uh, normal, like, streaming stuff. So it's really cool. Hopefully it's uh, as challenging as dungeon run was Mm -hmm. because the last dungeon run had a, a nice balance between, like, how difficult it actually was. I hate the single player content. It's just like, if you spend enough time, you always win. That's my least favorite kind of single player content. So <laughs> hopefully it is at least uh, pretty challenging. That's the only concern I have. Yeah. And, you know, last time we even had a an event, you know, that uh, Dan was, you know, hosted, right? In terms of just, mm-hmm. uh, just who was the best at Dungeon or who could at least get the furthest with the, their runs and stuff. So that was actually cool. And it was for a lot of money too. So I'm hoping... Uh, Dan will arrange something again. Frodan, that is, for guys that don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, and we can figure out just, you know, again, like who can have uh, the best run and have fun with it, people streaming it and things like that. We had some of the most epic just fails, <laughs> I think, for leading up to it, people practicing, practicing, having these awesome runs, and then they they just fail on the first run <laughs> or something like that, which is pretty brutal. Um, but there's a whole meta that evolves around this, you know, d- uh, uh, Monster Hunt dungeon run. And it's really, really, really cool. Like once people start to formulate that and, you know, figure out, oh man, which bosses do you want to run into? 
and you know which powers you want against those bosses. Uh, I hope it's like even more diverse than last time, meaning like you don't just pick the same ones over and over and over again, you know, and they're just good across the board. And that'll be, that'll be really really cool, so that um, you know you can actually have a a guide to to uh, how to you know finish this monster hunt too. But that's tomorrow, guys. Definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, another thing that Blizzard announced was Shutterwalk animation. So they 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 changed it. You know, this is the thing that everybody was like, okay, what are they going to change? Are they actually going to buff this or nerf this or what are they going to do? Well, they changed the animation, <laughs> basically. So uh, not going to change the win rates of the class, but you know, definitely change maybe how painful it can be to play against it. If you're just like hopeful that you're going to still have a chance to win and you know have to wait through the you know one minute's worth of animation at times uh any thoughts on this guys i mean there's there's a little changes to like life drinker too and but it's cool how fast the response time was on the animations taking really long mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of a bummer that it happened in the first place that like you know they didn't test this like what's going on here how did they not see that this animation was ridiculously long so that's a little troublesome to think about it's like they had to play the card to figure that out that was not that challenging to just play it once to figure that out so something messed up along the lines there but the fact that they you know got it fixed so quickly is really sweet uh, really makes you wonder about why balance changes take so long but uh it's awesome that they're improving upon things and making changes quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, this makes me wonder if people should just be more angry in the future because, <laughs> like, like Reddit was just full oh, no. of complaints about Shadowshock animation, right? And one week later, easy fix. <laughs> Maybe people should complain about the meta or something. Well, I don't know. We will get faster balance changes. Um, yeah, this seems to be the number one reason that, or the number one thing people hated about the current expansion and they fixed it so yeah props to them and i wonder if people will be happy now i mean it doesn't I change think, yeah. that much right it just the complaints I mean, go down and that's about it right like i don't think anything really changes too much with shutterwalk um the, the problem was the deck that this guy's toes played that abused uh, the animation times to rope the opponent's turn basically to win through the animation length not because of the otk of shadowshock and this I... is what, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I he played. Uh, yeah, he played like Mad Bomber and stuff. He didn't play an OTK Shadowshock Shaman, but something that drops the opponent's turn, and that's like really lame. And this, this is the whole reason why. No, I, I mean, I think just generally speaking, though, like just having to wait through that has just been painful, and it's not as like fun as say oh, yeah. like Yoxeron was. You know, Yoxeron was even when you're winning. Yeah, even when you're winning, the fastest way. To like finish the game is to lock out of your game client. Like this is what everyone is doing. <laughs> then you play Shadow Shock, you have to lock out. You can't no, concede you have mid? To lock out. Oh, that's what it was. I thought you could concede. Like but I, even I, if you're I, winning. Oh, like even if you're winning. Oh, you mean if you're over? winning. Oh yeah, you mean if you're winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have to close the game yeah, client. You can't you can't concede on your turn. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty terrible. <laughs> right, wow. right. Yeah, so anyways, Nobody's winning with Shutterwalk, so that's not too big <laughs> yeah, a problem. Exactly. But there's still a lot of <laughs> people playing true. it though. If you look at the popularity list, it's still super high for Shutterwalk, which well, is like the hype of it at the very beginning of the expansion made a lot of casual players say, like, wow, this is the best deck. I'm gonna craft Shutterwalk. And then they craft Shutterwalk, and now 
Now they're stuck with it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so only legendary, man. They just got to like, rock in the shutter walk. That's all they got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's still carrying over. I mean, it's going down. It's definitely gone down quite a bit, but it's still fairly relevant in terms of people playing it. I, I thought it would just like be completely gone at this point. But some people still I hope they wouldn't announce more though than just Shadowshock change. I think that's like the little bit uh oh, Light Drinker, uh, man. Light Drinker's I mean everyone too. wants to know about what's happening with Warlock, what's happening with Paladin. Yeah, no news with Quest on Rogue. There. What's happening with Quest Rogue? There's still there's just nothing. No word or hint towards any sort of nerf or any sort of transparency or any sort of hey, we're looking into this or Maybe we think this is unhealthy and we want to maybe do something. Nothing, just dead silence about that. They don't even seem to register that it's an issue. Yeah, so I, I, I bet the reason is there's just they're waiting to see, you know, collect all the data, right? It's only, it hasn't been quite two weeks yet. And, I mean, I think that's valid. Like, I don't know if I would... Would you want them to make a change, like, after nine days and, you know, ten days in the expansion? I mean, I think that's too soon. I think it's probably too soon as well, yeah. but uh, I don't know. <laughs> you should have to change for what it is now. I'm, I'm waiting for the announcement. I'm not really <laughs> super thrilled about the meta. Yeah, the so meta. I, right I want to see an announcement within the next two weeks. Otherwise, then maybe I'll start thinking about picking up the pitchfork. You know, right now <laughs> oh. it's like in the closet, oh, and we'll get the pitchfork out of the closet <laughs> next week. And one more week after that, maybe we'll think about raising it. And then the week after that, it's definitely going up. So. Right. Yeah, it's okay. getting there. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about meta in a second. It seems like this last week, I feel like things just like completely settled when, when you know, it's gone a bit stale, you know, um, once the, the rise of the quest rogue just like was in place, basically. We, we were only seeing it rising last night, the last episode that we did. Now we just see it like firmly in place and we've got this meta that that's a little, you know, a little stale right now. But, um, Speaking of which, why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little bit about meta and um, week two? So we've got uh, not quite done with week two. Week two would be uh, tomorrow, just the official fourteen days. But right now, you know, we're seeing a lot of you know Paladin, Cubla, or just Warlock and Quest Rogue. Right, those are like the triumvirates right now that we're seeing, which. You know, I was talking to you earlier, you know, just both of you, at least the last couple of days, that, you know, feels kind of like rock, paper, scissors again. You know, like getting into that that type of uh, dynamic where it's just you just play one of those three, depending on what you're playing more of at the time, you play the counter to that. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Is, is it really a rock, paper, scissors meta right now, Firebat? I think almost every meta in Hearthstone always turns into some sort of rock, paper, scissors sort of thing, or at least close to that. And by the end of it, this one happened a lot quicker than it usually does. But uh, one of the biggest downsides of this rock, paper, scissors the kind of meta is it's not like 60-40s. There's like 90-10s all over the place. In the, <laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but for me, that blows to play 90-10 <laughs> from either side. Like yeah, I, I just yeah. don't enjoy it from either side because it feels like my decisions don't matter at that point. I would much prefer a bunch of 60-40 matchups or a bunch of like 55 matchups. But when you're playing Quest Rogue and Control Warrior against each other, the Quest Rogue is going to win almost every single time. Mm -hmm. So you know, these kind of matchups, I don't like at all. 
they find them like super unhealthy and there's another matchup there on the screen you can see odd rogue versus quest rogue if you're playing the odd rogue against the quest rogue you're gonna win 75 <laughs> percent of the time oh, yeah. so you know these kind of matchups i think are unhealthy and i think they're just they don't leave either player feeling like they did much they don't you don't feel satisfied and it, these happen in i'd say a lot maybe like 30% of the games, 40% of the games I've played in the last uh, 200 games I've played, I, I felt like none of my decisions mattered and I had lost or won the game based on which deck I've selected. All right, Gara, your take. Uh, yeah, I feel like the meta changed like from one day to another as soon as the quest rogue became like popular again. I think some some players reach rank one legend and then it spread like wildfire. And then as soon as that happened, it, it really changed instantly. Everyone stopped experimenting or everyone who is still experimenting just dropped into like the dumpster ranks and you don't face these people anymore. And you just face only these three classes, Paladin. Like, like a week ago, you faced like a lot of druids, you know, taunt druids, spiteful druids, maybe even spiteful priests. Everything is gone, or like Mind Blast Priest. Everything seems to be gone suddenly. It's only even Paladin, or not even Odd Paladin, it's just even Paladin, Rogue, Quest Rogue mainly, and then now it's Control Lock because it's, Control it's Lock like is better Paladin. Yeah, maybe it's just like a popularity a little bit. And there. it just yeah. got stale so quickly. And you sometimes face Temple Mage or like, uh, or like Odd Rogue just because they're trying to counter the Quest Rogues even harder. Uh, but it's yeah, basically rock, paper, scissors. It's, it really feels like that. You're like, when you play a game, you feel like, oh, nice, I got a nice matchup. But the problem is also the mirrors are not that skill intensive because usually they just come down to, like if you play an even paladin mirror, you draw a uh, call to arms and I don't, then you're like favorite. Yeah, <laughs> Stuff that's, like that's that. All, I mean, I think that particular matchup, it's always kind of been like that, right? If, no, all if, the mirrors are kind of stupid. Yeah, I feel like a little bit. Well, I like yeah. Troll Warlock Mirror. I think that can be pretty Control fun. Warlock, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the amount of games where it feels like you're playing the game and your decisions matter a lot is at an all-time low, I'd say, right now in the metagame. If you're trying to play the game competitively, it feels like most of the time you don't really matter. <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> not a, that how I want to play. Like, I don't want to feel that when I play a game. I never want to feel... I want to feel that as little as possible. We call those like non-games, and we have been calling those that for quite a while now in Hearthstone. And the amount of non-games that have occurred in the competitive metagame or the tournament metagame has like has gone up considerably with Witchwood and the rotation compared to the previous expansion. The previous expansion it was starting to rise a little bit too, but uh, now it's at like an all-time high. And I think uh, nerfs and stuff like that are in order. There needs to be some sort of change to just reduce the amount of non-games. I don't care about decks being, you know, broken or not. I just care about when I play the game, I want to feel like I'm playing a game. I don't want to feel like yeah, you're not playing automatically wins. Complete think, counters basically. Like Right. I think that's just counters. super unhealthy. You don't want everything to be like a 50-50. You want there to be some amount of, you know, counterplay if you're losing to something, play this to help you beat it. But you don't want to play something where it's just like Boom! I win. Like that's just yeah. <laughs> it is such a bummer to yeah. have that kind of uh, gameplay. It just doesn't feel satisfying to win or lose. 
So, you know, before, let's, let's just talk about like last week, right? So before I would say Quest Rogue became, I mean, you know, really instilled in the meta because, uh, you know, for me, Quest Rogue is like literally the reason why you just don't play Control decks because you just lose so badly to it. It's like, it's not even funny, right? Um, before well, the Control that, decks are insane right now, though. If you look at like Big Spell Mage versus Odd Rogue, for example, right, you exactly. always win. It's like 85% win rate for the big spell mage. Yep. So, or if you're playing like uh, the tank up warrior, you pretty much always beat the burn mage because you have just a car armor up at the start of the game. <laughs> so you have these lopsided matchups with the control decks against the aggro decks. The control decks smash the aggro decks. Control warlock destroys some aggro most of the time. So mm -hmm. you have some incentive on that side to be playing the control decks. That's why a lot of people play them. And then that's why people play, you know, there's the whole thing there. So, yeah. well, I, I, I kind of, I mean, it was, it was like starting to do that, but then you would see like Spiteful Druid, like you would see these kind of like, like mm -hmm. mid range decks with like power turns still be able to do okay against some of those control decks. And you had that, but now it's just like enter a quest rogue. And now it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, like you basically yep. have a complete counter now to all those control decks. So I want to add something very important to that. Uh, this, Questrog that we have right now compared to before with mm -hmm. every anti-control deck that we had before was it was a huge risk actually to kill an anti-control deck like a mill rock or like a kingspan rock whatever because you were destroyed by, by, by aggro decks but with this current Questrog it's just way too good uh, against aggressive decks in comparison it's not a huge risk to kill a super anti-control deck that is like 90% versus every slow deck that's a huge problem with the deck we have right now. I don't, I don't remember the last time. I think the last time we had such a super powerful anti-control deck was like the unnerved Miracle Rock or like Combo Druid, like way back in the days. That you just can beat everything. Wow! It's it. You can't it beat. I mean, you can't beat. I mean, you can't beat everything. You yeah, can beat fans some go. paladins like occasionally. Yeah. Uh, the even paladin is something that the quest rogue can kind of beat because the even paladin, I'd say, is a little bit slower than other archetypes of paladin. They adjusted for a little while. They're throwing in avenging wrath, which helps them a lot against the quest rogue, and that little yeah. bit of extra burst at the end. Mm -hmm. But like the Merlock yeah, paladin, odd paladins are fast enough. I'd say that quest rogue like almost never wins, and quest rogue never wins versus burn mage. So yeah, I mean, it has counters, but uh, so I don't think it's too good versus aggro. I think just. Um, it's too good it's, versus the controlling decks, and too bad versus aggro. I want it to be. <laughs> yeah, you actually want it to be, You want everything to be more to, normalized, and then just have like certain advantages in certain areas, right? Just like right, moderate just, advantages, yeah, not like. I, I want there crazy. to be more gameplay. Right. I want it to be you cue the matchup. All right, I'm at a slight disadvantage. How do I figure out a game plan to win? Play towards my outs and try and set up where it is where I can get advantage in. But uh, I'd say. This meta game currently is one of the lackluster, like most lackluster gameplay of Hearthstone I've ever seen. You play control against aggro, you try and find your board clear, you find your board clear, you win, move on. You play quest rogue, you just kind of dump your hand onto the table doing quest <laughs> stuff. Like you don't have to pilot quest rogue well to climb with it. You beat control <laughs> while playing it very poorly. Quest rogue is a very complicated deck to play perfectly. Yeah, I lost, you don't have to play perfectly to get 80% win rate against control. I lost not even the, close. Not even slightly close. I know. 
I lost the guy who like yeah. I had like counters on like four four or five cards on Quest Rogue, and he only got you know he had like three or four counters on on uh, those cards, and he finally got one, and then I just, you know still lost even him giving me all that time. So yeah, it's, I just yeah, it, it feels like one of the the least skill intensive metagames in Hearthstone right now, just because you don't play the game. Yeah, you just—I mean, you just pick the the deck, right? I mean, it's just—it's more of a, yeah, a games being determined before you even start playing type of type of thing. Um, let's take a look at at least just the how, how we look at like popularity. This is this is one of the things that I, I always feel like when you start seeing the meta settling, uh, or when it's settled completely, is when you see the actual popularity rankings or the you know class power rankings match with the the deck or, or no the with the popular sorry the class popularity is matching the the class uh, power rankings That's a and odd looking paladin <laughs> uh, what do you mean is it is it druid oh is it a druid god i'm so it's, god i keep doing that malfurion is yes, it yes, it's my bad. god i keep doing that i keep like the, the portraits i keep getting and i'm like i'm not even facing that many it, druids i know no it's a paladin <laughs> it's like ignore the portrait jeez man it's like i i keep doing that with this thing but um but yeah you can see that like class popularity is now like all-time high like i think over over 20 percent. it's never been over 20 percent. nothing has so wow. you got paladin up there now you've got the you know, obviously the win rate's kind of matching up and you know rogues officially in top in in the you know top three where druid was in the top three like last time we did this so um druid's still popular spiteful obviously still holding it up there but um you know win rate wise it's definitely dropped into the the mage level mage is actually climbing i think with that most yes. recent recent deck so i wouldn't be surprised if it even gets maybe to 50 yeah i think mage will overtake druid for sure mm -hmm. by the end of the week or maybe not the end of the week because it's over in a day you said but uh <laughs> next week i think next week mage will yeah. definitely uh overtake druid uh, the mage just seems really well positioned it's an aggressive deck that gets floored by Paladin most of the time, especially when Paladins start being able to play against it better. A lot mm -hmm. of them don't play around the uh, Arcane Missiles or the big Arcane Missiles as well as they should. Yeah. So it's getting some extra points against Paladin because it's just kind of new and people don't know what's going on yet. But I think it should lose to Paladin a lot more than it does. But it beats Warlock and Rogue pretty convincingly. Yeah. So uh, it's like quite powerful against two of the most popular decks in the metagame loses to the third which is a lot better than everyone else everyone's going rock paper scissors this one's <laughs> dynamite basically you know right it's, it's <laughs> two book <laughs> yeah another thing we see is that hunter continues to slide basically ever since i've been doing these kind of like class popular rankings we just see hunter which was at the top i think on day one or maybe it was Shaman on day one, right? With Shutter Walk. But Hunter was like number two. And, and each time I've done it, it's basically dropped down another rank. So I, I don't think it's going to get quite to Shaman level with 2%, you know, 2, whatever. Um, but it's it's officially in, in that territory. So. I'm actually surprised to see Hunter fall so much. Yeah. I think Hunter could be kind of decent right now. <laughs> maybe not like a Baku Hunter, but just a generic face Hunter. I guess maybe they can't beat the Warlock healing enough, but uh, it should be able to do quite well versus the Rogues, you know, the Quest Rogues and whatnot, and then quite well against the Warlocks, much like how Mage is doing to get its climb. Hunter should be able to do the same thing. So it's kind of odd to me to see it drop off so much. And maybe there's some face Hunter builds that people aren't trying that could do what Mage is doing, or maybe Mage is just better at it. So that's why Hunter's dropping off so much. 
being able to to say the same thing. Like Hunter's my second best performing class actually. I'm doing pretty well with just a regular spell hunter. Uh, because mm. it can beat Rogue. It's like super favorite against Rogue. Uh, because you have so much face damage and it's very good versus paladin just because spellstone is still your win condition you just have that and then you know play two anti-aggro traps and then you play a spellstone usually you win it's just that you out to lose to warlock like yeah. earlier you needed barns to win yet now you don't have it but it's still doing good versus two of the strongest classes in the game so it, it's significantly doing better than warrior or shaman or priest in my opinion so it's mm -hmm. it's really surprising yeah yeah, I think the difference between the mage is that just taunts, right? Like, hunters have a hard problem hitting through taunts, so mages can obviously just cast spells and <laughs> blast face and get that 30 uh, a lot of times. But, uh, yeah, there's wolf rider hunters out there. I mean, well, we've seen them before, and I know for a fact I've seen them in my queries I do. So there there are some out there, and it might be just one of those things that, you know, just it's just not well known. That you know, that's that's a way to do it. There's a lot of decks like that that are floating with good winning percentages that people just don't realize. I wish we could like represent that on the site somehow, because uh, yeah, there's so yeah, I, it's it's hard. I'm trying to get to figure out different ways to kind of get it out there for you guys to to see. But um, but yeah, anyways, to kind of cap it off, Warrior. I mean, Warrior has an up symbol before it, but really in reality, the total number went down. So it went up a rank, but it actually went down overall. So Warrior's kind of rough right now too. But the power ranking went up a little bit. I think the actual win rate went up a tiny, tiny bit. Um, still, people trying to figure out the um, well, the rush. As the spiteful numbers go down, Control Warrior might be able to get a little bit better because you can make Control Warrior that can beat. Warlock and uh, Paladin. Mm -hmm. The problem is Questrobe auto beats you, and uh, Spiteful Druid pretty much auto beats you as well. So if Spiteful Druid <laughs> continues to decline in popularity, uh, oh, you can have two favorables and one auto lose. But even if, but even if you take against Warlock, you can still lose to that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no deck out there that I see that doesn't have something that you auto lose. I, I struggled yesterday on my stream trying to find a deck that's like. Is there anything I can play where I don't have a matchup where I instantly lose? Because I hate that. It's my least favorite thing. I don't know if you guys noticed how much I've been talking about it. And, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't find one. I couldn't find a single deck. Yeah, it guess... was like a tier one deck that doesn't have a matchup where it auto loses. It used to be Spiteful, but now Spiteful does so bad against Paladin, right? So it's... it's um, That's true. That's a good point. I'm like looking at this, our matchup chart. I don't think there's... Anything that doesn't have that deep red in it or deep pink in it, right? Uh, pretty rough. Uh, so I put together just uh, our, our kind of five... <laughs> oh, no, actually, not that one, not that one. That was too early. Um, actually, where where did I put it? I was going to put the five five best decks here um, that... Uh, not best decks overall, because they would all just be shaman, you know, or paladin decks, you know, kind of thing. So I kind of put together just like rank, just from rank four to legend, just some of the kind of unique archetypes that, that we've seen. And Secret Paladin shows up. Have you guys played Secret Paladin yeah. at all recently? Uh, I've played it. I, I was not impressed by it. I saw it actually yeah. show up on the HS Replay data, and then I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. And then I was like, well, this just feels worse. That's, and then uh, yeah. I stopped playing it. I, I don't know. I, I think it's an anomaly. I was not mm -hmm. super impressed by it compared Me, to other decks. I had the, the same experience. I, I had the same experience where I was just like, 
I must be playing this wrong because I keep losing when I'm playing this deck. And, you know, all the other decks, you know, either be winning or at the very least be, you know, have like a 50% session. But, um, but yeah, with Secret Paladin, yeah, I was, I was having a little hard time. So um, that's that, that showed up the highest. I played all the Paladin archetypes, also Secret Paladin. I did okay with it, but as soon as you start playing even Paladin, it just feels so much better than every other archetype. So you just stop playing it. I feel like, yeah, it's like you have an archetype. Like, if even Paladin would be worse, then we would see more of the other Paladin archetypes. It's just too strong. I think that's well, the main reason. I don't know. I, I prefer odd Paladin against aggro, and I prefer even Paladin against control. Because even Paladin... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it has the ability to go the distance against uh, all the control decks, and you can sometimes sneak wins off Warlock, which feels really good. But uh, Odd Paladin, I think, beats Even Paladin head to head. Even though it doesn't have Knife Juggler or anything, mm -hmm. just the ability to make so many dudes. Yeah, you get ahead a lot of the times. So I'd say. Yeah, there's no. I mean, there's no board clear, right? Like outside of. With juggling a bunch of things. Consecrations right? and two avenging rods. Oh, yeah, consecrates. Oh, they have. Oh, yeah, they have. The thing is, the board oh, they, they, they do have inefficient compared to the reload, in my opinion. So, as the odd piloted, you get to just reload so much, and you're, you know, one ones are always threatening. Whereas the other side, the yeah, one ones aren't super threatening. All you can do is stegadon. But the one ones for the odd piloted, if you're ahead, you get to just jam uh, fungal mancer and win the game. Yeah. Or if you're ahead, you get to jam. Uh, the plus two, plus two, and get taunt and win the game. So there's just uh, so many more ways to capitalize on the guys. So they force your opponent to have to clear them if they're behind. Whereas against even Paladin, I just redevelop into their board and feel fine most of the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So yeah, we got three Paladin. What do you guys think of the Murloc one then? I mean, you guys mentioned even odd, and you know, obviously mentioned secret in the beginning. I did, but Murloc Paladin is actually. If you look across all ranks, it's it's actually the top class or our top archetype right now. Um, how does it fall in there? I mean, is it closer to even, um, like in terms of just how it plays, or is I it closer to odd? Closer to odd. Okay. Closer I think to odd. Uh, against control, you have a lot less gas compared to even or odd because you don't have the power to pure power, and you don't have like, for example, the eight drops that odd, I mean, that even's going to have. But uh, you have the advantage of sometimes you get the explosive Murloc start and just auto-win versus control. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you, if you hit the right Murloc start, you just beat up control, which is really good. And uh, you have a pretty good chance against even Paladin because uh, you just have a full arsenal of early game options. So you can oftentimes get ahead first. Yeah. So uh, I'd say you're better in the aggro mirrors, and then against control you have that high roll where sometimes Hey, we have the Merlock curve, and they didn't board clears. I guess we win. Yeah, and those of you might have been wondering, like, oh, well, you just said that Merlock is the top. It's the top in the the meta tier. It's this. Th these are just like deck percentages that you're seeing, like win rates in the last uh, thirty six hours. So um, that's the reason why it's different. So Odd Rogue. So Odd Rogue shows up here. You know, it's it's not Quest Rogue that shows up here. <laughs> yeah, but Odd Rogue seems to be doing pretty well. Like, obviously, in the mirror, and then and then we're. Uh, Seeing some you know good matches. What are the best matches for Odd Rogue again? Uh, Quest Rogue is pretty much a free win. Yeah, free win. They just never beat you. You always beat Quest Rogue because you have so much burn damage. Um, so that one's really helpful. <laughs> yeah, you do really well against the new, the the new emerging mages, so yeah. that's also very strong. The mages, 
they can't actually develop any minions that don't die to a, your one drop plus your dagger. Right. So you actually stop all of their early game aggression, which is that. So you can kill them before they get to the mana to burn you out with Pyroblast and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you can just then, beat Warlock with. Uh, you can, yeah, you can be. Yeah, you can be. Block. Right, you can be with Q Block. Stuff Spiteful can... too. It's got a good matchup. So, <laughs> like yeah, that. Look at that eighty-seven. Right, Holy good. crap, man! <laughs> That's like insane. <laughs> insane, man. That, that percentage. Yeah. So. Uh, Oh, actually, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's Quest. That's Quest, though. Okay, right here. Yeah. I wonder how these people win this. What is it, 12% of the time, though? Well, <laughs> they are part of it. Yeah. It's just they, they build a Quest or something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, Control Warlock's the last one. Uh, so why Control Warlock over a Q-Block? Is it just because there's more removal in it? It's better versus Agro. Way better. Mm -hmm. Simple enough. Way, way better. Y yeah. If there aren't any uh, really control decks that you want Doomguard for, unless you want to be able to beat Quest Rogue. And so then you have to ask yourself, is the percent chance to high roll a Quest Rogue with Doomguards worth the amount that I lose against Aggro? And uh, the answer to that is oftentimes no. Also, the mirror's not popular enough. I think the Doomguards are really powerful in the mirror, like the Doomguards and Cubes and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, Warlock is surprisingly not very popular at most ranks. At least in my experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Doom Guards kind of fall by the wayside so that you can beat up the uh, uh, aggro decks more. The, the, the problem with Warlock is really it's so. It's the most polarized class in the game right now. If you face like a token based aggro deck with a control lock, you feel like you're 90% favorite. You face cube lock, you're, you're 10%. You really have these, these super extremes with Warlock the most. Mm -hmm. And this is like, I think, too frustrating for most people. To go through that emotional roller coaster, there's, it's there's... not as bad if you play like Paladin. With Paladin, you always feel like, okay, I can high roll a warlock. It's a bad matchup, but you know, you just get your god curve. You play around the EU, maybe, maybe have a chance. Maybe they misplay, whatever. But with warlock, it's so so polarized on every matchup, pretty mm -hmm. much. It's kind of interesting. They have dreadlords and stuff in it too. It's it's been. I ran it. I've definitely played this recently against this recently, which has been. Been fun, or at least it's kind of fun to see every once in a while instead of seeing giants and keep <laughs> block all the time. Um, but let's see. Yeah, I don't know how good the Dreadlords actually are, but people are playing it and winning. <laughs> but people are also playing Warlock without them and, and winning. winning. <laughs> so it becomes tough to evaluate. <laughs> when the core of the deck is good, yeah. And the core of the deck yeah, is just winning purely. You could I think put anything uh, in there. Yeah. The Dreadlords are probably worse then not having them and instead having some other sort of control tool because it's just better to get Void Lord more consistently. Mm. There the yeah. just has to be like a diminish, diminishing return on like having too many AOE effects in your deck. I mean, I feel like... Warlock has... Well, I mean, a lot of Warlocks don't even play Godfrey because they, it doesn't make the cut of good AOEs. It, that controlling Warlock listed right there doesn't even have Godfrey in it. So... I think the Despicable Dreadlords are probably a worse AoE than Godfrey. They lower your odds of getting Void Lord out from your lackeys or the weapon. I think it could be just a side effect of Warlock's really good. That's why we're seeing that deck have success. <laughs> I think Less so than that Despicable Dreadlord is good. Because the last like uh, set when Q-Block and Control Warlock were dominant and stuff like that, there is a Control Warlock Paladin metagame, much like this one. Mm -hmm. And uh, Despicable Dreadlord... People tested it and confirmed that it wasn't as good. 
Mm, okay. Yeah, oh. you know, Warlock, I think, is the only class where you could literally fill 30 cards with just AoE effects. You know, whether it's, like, like removing the entire board or, or um, uh, minions that have battle cries that, that do damage across the board. I think you could fill it. 15 cards. There's so many things aren't even being using. Like, I think you mentioned Mist, right? You are at one point, and... I mean, Fellfire's yeah. gone now, right? Like, Every like, other Fellfire control deck would like, insta-play double-crafting yeah. Mist, and Bullock doesn't play. Yeah, and then we had the the six-drop, too, and, like, that does three across the Enforcer. Is it the Enforcer, right? Um, yeah, we, uh, seven-drop. Yeah, Abyssal Enforcer. Yeah, seven-drop, yeah, seven, seven Abyssal Enforcer. Yeah, so I, I think we could fill 15 cards in Warlock, and that that's crazy! That's like when they don't need any more. They don't need any more more uh, AOE like, effects. It's just like wasted on Warlock. Just think about the the, the Firebird example. You can choose to not play Godfrey. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's insane. Fine. Godfrey's so good too. It's just nuts. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna definitely continue to talk about uh, you know just our card light highlight that we have. But I do want to make sure we give a plug to our sponsor today. ZipRecruiter. Uh, those of you not familiar with ZipRecruiter, they are a job website. You can go to ZipRecruiter.com. And, you know, if you're looking to hire, if you're having trouble finding someone to hire and, you know, you've posted, you know, uh, jobs on different sites and you're having to kind of like track all those sites, well, ZipRecruiter is definitely going to be a per perfect solution for you given that it, 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 um, it allows for a bunch of sites to kind of work within ZipRecruiter. So if you go to ZipRecruiter, you'll, you'll be able to like track your progress on all these postings on multiple sites. And, um, you know, if you're looking for somebody, um, it, it uh, ZipRecruiter identifies the person, looks at ex their experience, and then tries to match it up with you too. So they have this whole kind of matching algorithm that algorithm that really, really works well. 80% of employers find uh, a candidate for their job that they post, uh, and uh, most of them find it like within one day of posting it too. So it's going to be an awesome uh, solution for you. And if you want to sign up and get, uh, you can just try it out for free. You can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash value town and uh, you'll be able to do that like today so definitely go do that they can tell obviously you guys came from if you go to the value town and um i've definitely been been checking it out of course you know they, they allowed me to to hop on there i haven't been hiring anybody necessarily maybe in the near future i will be but I've definitely been checking out the uh ui just because I, i've used a bunch of job sites in the past and ZipRecruiter does look pretty nice in terms of uh even if you're looking for a job too definitely use ZipRecruiter. it's it's um again it's like instead of going to about 10 15 different job sites you can just use one that kind of uh, you know pulls from all of them so um yep Check that out, and thanks, thank you to ZipRecruiter for uh, sponsoring this episode. All right, next up, we've got um, we're gonna highlight a card. So um, decided we would pick. It was so funny because I was like asking these guys, "Hey, what card do you think it'd be kind of cool to see what decks are being built with?" And nobody sent me anything, so I was just like, "Screw it, I'm just gonna do Live Drinker." So I was like, let's just see it, you know, kind of do a query on it. And I pulled it up, and obviously, a lot of people know Live Drinker from the Shutterwalk Shaman, but um, we've been kind of we've been seeing it more in the Paladins and even the the Mage recently. And the Firebat immediately says, "No, dude, I've been like crushing with this Mage, this <laughs> Live Drinker in it." So it turned out to be a perfect timing that we can talk about this Mage deck, uh, and we can talk about Live Drinker. Um, so overall, yeah, Life Drinker, what do you guys think? Like kind of, did you guys overrate it in the beginning, underrate it? Like when you were, were actually reviewing cards, how did you guys, or did you guys even think about Life Drinker as a potential cool card in some kind of build? And my quote of myself was, the card is good in a deck where this card is good in. <laughs> so you will <laughs> play this card in decks 
where yeah. it fits in, like a like a face hunter, or whatever. Like, oh, okay. If you didn't like have such decks, then like like a burn mage or whatever. Like because the card is good, but you can't play obviously this card in every deck. Mm -hmm. It has to be fitting. I I thought the card was just good. I thought uh, for the amount of mana you're spending, the amount of value you're getting mm -hmm. is. Uh, above average compared to the general scale of things in Hearthstone. It's not like call to arms power level scale, right? <laughs> There's not but many if, things at the, that level, yeah. If you evaluate like what effects you're getting from the card, the, the fact that you're dealing three damage, uh, Sinister Strike is a card that deals three damage for one mana, mm -hmm. and then um, you're gaining three life, and then Earthering Farseer is a card that is healing you for three, and putting it 3-3. Three, three. Earthering Farseer, though, costs three mana because you can choose to aim it at another minion. This card, you can't choose to aim it at another minion. Oftentimes, you can't aim it at another minion anyway because that is just too late game of an option. So a three mana 3-3 three, three that heals for three is valued at three mana and the cost of a card. And then dealing three damage is valued at one mana and the cost of a card. And you have to remember the cost of a card is something that's relevant. Yeah, you don't have unlimited cards. That's a resource that you only get one a turn. So you're expending unless you're, you know, generating it in some other means. So for what this card does, it is more than four mana and a card <laughs> worth of stuff. Yeah. In the in the Hearthstone universe. So I think it's a powerful card. I think uh if there's a deck that wants to do damage and gain life, then this is amazing in that deck because like I said, it's above average on the mana curve compared to other things in the game. Yeah, and in a in a burn type of face type of deck, you know, it can sometimes it can buy you an extra turn too, you know, and and uh, right. allow you to finish out a game. For those of you listening, mage, oh, go ahead, go ahead. In mage, a lot of times you have this decision point that you get where you're like, all right, I have all this burn, I don't have enough quite to kill him yet. So now, do I want and do I want to try and they kill him and hopefully top deck the rest of the burn, right. or can I live till turn 10 and pyroblast him? <laughs> and so Life Drinker is really crucial in those kind of games where you have to try and set up to make it to turn 10 mm -hmm. against the tempo or aggressive deck that you're playing against to be able to get that pyroblast off. In those games, you're going to be like fireballing minions to try and buy time and mm -hmm. stuff like that and uh, squeezing in, like, exactly setting them to 10 with the Life Drinker and then next turn Pyroblasting them. So it, it can create some really cool games with uh, the Temple Mage. Uh, for sure, the most skill-intensive games are when you have that decision point of, I guess I probably can't burn them out, so right. now how do I make it to turn 10? Or is it better maybe to not go to turn 10 and just try and burn them out anyway and hope I like, top that? So Life Drinker causes those games. I think it's pretty sweet. Yeah, just so for folks that are listening, um, Life Drinker is a 4-mana 3-3 beast, and it says Battlecry deal 3 damage to an enemy hero uh, and, and restore 3 health to your hero. Um, Gara, yeah, thoughts on this? Have you played any of these uh, decks? Um, yeah, outside of I, actually tested, <laughs> yeah. I actually tested Life Drinker today in uh, even Paladin mm -hmm. because I didn't like the, the 4-drop, the recruit buffer guy as much. Take it on. Oh, Stegadon. Yeah, okay. the Stegadon. It just feels like so clunky at times, so it feels very difficult to get value out of it. So test a different card. And I, I tested Life Drinker, and, but in that deck you just need like, like not the most powerful minions, but the minions have to do a little bit more to just burn. So 
like I ended up cutting it again. But yeah, it just shows that it's a viable option if you're looking for good wardrobes in like similar archetypes. Yeah, it, it just needs, fits. It needs damage to go with it. Even Paladin doesn't win with damage. Even Paladin wins with board control. So it doesn't really, you don't get any, well, you get some benefit, but you get way less benefit of the direct damage and way less benefit of the healing because you're a deck that aims to take the board early and control it the whole game. If you're controlling the board the whole game, you're not really taking any face damage. <laughs> so you don't really benefit from the heal. Yeah. So, but it is kind of interesting with the Glass Knight. Have you seen this version with the Spiteful and the Giants and the Silvers? I, I was, this is the first time I've seen this version. It's like, I mean, there are a lot of different versions of even Paladin guys, but so, I mean, it's kind of hard to even figure out which one of those are the best ones, but yeah, this one is, one. this one's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems insane. They have like all of the tech going on. I've also seen even Paladin with Mountain Giant before, where they played Lou wow, Border okay. and uh, Dry Gulch Jailer yeah. and Mountain Giant. Guy hit top 10 on Asia with that. Jeez. So... <laughs> There's just uh, lots of really weird variations of Paladin. But um, generally, when you play Paladin, you want to draw a two-drop and call to arms. And then it doesn't really matter what the other cards in your deck are, (laughs) as long as you have enough two-drops for call to arms to work. That's so funny, but so true at the same time. Like, if you exchange, like, Lich King for, like, the the six-mana legendary weapon or, like, play the eight-mana weapon or play a Tyrion, it makes, like, so little difference in how the deck is played and how the deck wins. It yeah. really comes down to, yeah, get Call, call to Arms and, you know, go from there. Okay, so it, if Call to Arms wasn't that strong, would even Paladin even be a, a thing? Um, Odd would be significantly better if Call to Arms yeah. wasn't that strong. Like, Odd is already mm. fairly close to even Paladin, in my opinion. Yeah. Not a lot of people are playing it, though. Um, but... Uh, even Paladin kind of takes the cake because Call to Arms is so strong that it allows you to get away with a lot more. And Stunkeeper Terrain. Yeah. And Stunkeeper Terrain. Yeah. Well, you have it uh, 50% <laughs> of the time in Odd Paladin. Stonehill Defender is uh, like 50% to get Stunkeeper Terrain or something <laughs> That's crazy true. like that. You might actually get it more. <laughs> no, that would be wacky. Can, can you imagine the stats show that That's you got Terrain bit more in, a, in an Odd deck because of... Stonehill, that'd be hilarious. I might have to actually look yeah, at that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what happened with Priest, that when you played Draconic Operative, you had way more often Jaina than the yeah. Control Mage. Yeah. In the match. <laughs> <laughs> God, okay. that's crazy. So thoughts on just Paladin. You know, like, this is the only class that we literally see a um, a type of build, or two different builds that are supposed to be almost like bisecting the card set. You know, not just the car- class card set, but just the entire card set. Yet we can still build two extremely awesome, you know, um, decks from a win rate standpoint with Paladin itself. So I, I, I'm just curious. I, I want to just uh, just throw that out there and see what y'all's thoughts are. I mean, does, well, is that speaking to Paladin or is that, I mean, w- what does that tell us? <laughs> like, at least in terms of... of uh, uh, the, the call to arms, you know how I was talking about how like Life Drinker on the grand scale of thing does more than a four mana card on average does mm-hmm, yeah. with, you know, what a 3-3 three, three is worth, <laughs> yeah. what, what everything's worth, right? Well, call to arms uh, does way more than that. Call to arms draws three cards, first off, which is insane. Drawing three cards is worth um, 
about four six mana. Man, six mana in the mage. Wow, in, in mage, if you're playing two arcane intellects, right? So, yeah, it, it, depending on the class, card draw differs because different classes can do different things with it. Some classes are burden classes, and they can kill you with card draw. But um, it, it's worth more than four mana already, drawing three cards for most classes. And then you look at then you also play six mana worth of stuff. Is absolutely insane. It's worth like people would play Cult Arms if it cost five mana. People might play it if it costs six mana. People probably would play it if it costs six mana. That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, because of the um, you you get to play multiple cards. It's just too six good. It's, mana. Holy, this is why, for example, to my side, it's because of the calculus. To my side, is so much better than Animal Companion. Because you play two animal companions, like compared to playing two animal companions, because you have two animal in one card. I, I'm pretty sure people would play. Two drops are not worth two mana when they're pulled yeah. from one card, is basically what he's trying to say. Each value of a card also, or each like card in Hearthstone has a mana cost associated with it. But you, you also have to remember there's a, the cost of a card, because that's, what the, that's when the card draw value comes into things. Yeah. So when it's doing so much, and you're pulling out two drops, you're not pulling out two mana worth of stuff. And, you know, Knife Juggler alongside other stuff is worth more mana. There's the, mm. the value of having so many different cards in play. So that's when you get that card draw value associated with the card. So it's crazy powerful. You get a lot more mm-hmm. mana yeah, on the board than you think. Okay, so even, now, you know, evens... Well, go ahead, Gar, and Pafari. Yeah, just saying, like, mana cheat is so good in Hearthstone. Every single mana cheat card that was ever printed was played in like in in insane amount of form. Right. Like in whatever deck you could play it, you, you played it. Cards like Emperor, Torison or like any mana cheat cheat. Right. And most cards have nerfed <laughs> the cheat mana so far. As well. Okay, so we're we're like, ta- we're talking evens being carried by Call of Arms and Terum, right? Like let's just let's just say those two cards. All right, sure. now we switch over to, to Odd. And, okay, what are the, car- the cards that are carrying Odd right now? Well, one of the things that really helps Odd is um, being access to Fungal Mancer and being access to uh, the five-mana buff card for the well, Silver recruits. Level, level, level up, yeah, that's what it's called. Level up is absolutely huge. But also just the hero power. The hero power is insane. Because uh, the hero power just does so much. You get to play instead uh, hordes of one drops in your deck, which um, you can see here. Yeah, yeah, you get the Arches Veteran, Argent Squires, Blessing of Might even. Sure, why not? Because you play a one drop alongside your hero power is way better than playing a three drop. So you get to be able to outpace other aggro decks because your early game then gets to become uh, three one drops in the first two turns of the game which then you make up the loss of that value by your hero power carrying you in the later game but the tempo of three one drops allows you to get on the board first and you get to dictate the trades you get to get your buffs online so you just dominate aggro mirrors because you can afford to play all these one drops and then rely on the hero power carrying you so i think odd paladin is actually just Inherently power. stronger, just because the hero power <laughs> yeah, is so just much literally better. the hero power carrying it. There isn't yeah, many it, it, paladin cards in this that are crazy strong. You know, like 
they just go super well with the, the hero power. <laughs> so Right. You just win the board with because you're able to play so many one drops and then clutch on the value of the hero. Yeah. And it's then like, every deck yeah. just runs out of removal because you always feel like, right, well, I have to clear everything, else I get punished by Fungomancer or level up or like uh, the champion. It's, that's the problem. Like you have also so much synergy with the stupidly overpowered hero power that you have to like kind of waste board clears. Yeah. In situations yeah. you don't want it's to. Really, really strong. Um, yeah, if Call to Arms wasn't a thing, then this would just be way better. And this deck is really dangerous going forward because, as you said, there's not a lot of good Paladin cards. Yeah, there's there's in that deck. Right. I mean, I mean, we're playing Stormwind champions and raid leaders in this because of how strong the wide strategy is so yeah. i mean as cool as that is which i i think it's super cool right just to bring back beta cards basically um uh, you know right now it's like you can't really do much to this to nerf it you know like it, there's like so many things i feel like you could put in this deck this odd deck to to continue the the power level of it so um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, even one, you can choose those two cards, I think, and do a, like remove them. And then it would be so much worse. Odd is yeah, much more difficult. So it's, it speaks a lot, yeah. right. To, to what's possible, or at least the hero power and how it's designed. If Shaman yeah, got a it, double totem, you think that would be better? Like, would that do enough for Shaman to do like, well, the, they also need to be able to win the board, but yeah, yeah. double totem would be insane. Even yeah. if they're just like, you know, the regular totems. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be uh, crazy. You could just run as buff cards and one drops. That's it's what I mean. Power it's because a, it's similar. One drops are it's like similar, the, like the most efficient usage of mana in the game, pretty much. Besides from things that you have to set up, mm -hmm. because they cost a card as well as the the one mana. But it's more efficient, right? Your mana utilization because mm -hmm. spending two mana in a card or spending like two mana and two cards, you just Put more resources on the field than your opponent did because you have two cards in the field as well as two mana and they only have one card and two mana so one drops are the most efficient way you can spend your mana in the game and so you get to play more one drops when your hero power is as powerful as odd paladin is and if shaman was the same and made the two totems you'd be able to board flood as much and you'd be able to crutch on the fact that you can play one drops for that tempo game to win the board and then use the hero power yeah. beyond that because Things that work while controlling the board work with the hero power that makes two bodies. I I, I got to point out that today someone hit rank one legend in wild with even shaman. So maybe the deck is just missing. Uh, well, even sweet. shaman in wild is a completely different thing uh, than wild as well. Is just yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got totem no, golems and stuff. I mean, it's no, nobody's playing wild, so it makes a lot of the <laughs> and even if people Ouch. are playing, like like it, it's yeah. not enough. I would say for any decks to be, you know, merit consistency out of just one good win streak to rank one wild. I think it, you need more data for sure. I just I think cards like Think from Below just get so also like, you know, yeah, that, if you that's have a really like one right totally. sure. mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be completely <laughs> broken good. No, but just, you know, going wide, I mean, I, I think that the Paladin, you know, it's always been a... a a possible, I mean, or at least design-wise, from a paladin standpoint, you know, going wide in this dude strategy has been something I, you know, I waited for for a long time, and finally, you know, it's it's happening in the last six to eight months. But you know, shaman's always been known as a class that goes wide, you know, and right now, like it's not even close to being a class that's good enough to even do that, 
So it, it just seems like that identity for shaman is like really missing. And as powerful as it is having two totems come down on something like that, I feel like the class needs it right now. Um, cause it, it's, it, it's missing that, that part of the Iharsan identity that I think it's always think, been part of. I think this is really something that Blizzard did in the past few years. And I don't really understand why they do it. Like they really changed the class identity so much. Like they're, they're pushing this control hunter archetype for, for like forever. Then, then they started with Beast Druid. Now, hunter. like, Warrior is, like, the, the class that plays Taunt Minions, and Druid is the class that armors up. Rogue is playing Quest Rogue, you know, as, like, the most played deck. Paladin is the it's... Flood deck. It, it, I don't even know. Any, like, the, the, we had, like, so distinctive mm. a feel to every class, you know, when we, yeah. when we play the class now. It's, like, so mixed up and weird. I don't. Wow. I don't mind them changing up some. It's just the hero power dictates a lot, you know. I like can identity wise, so it's, you know, like you said. I guess control hunter would be a good example for you, like like, like one of those examples you said. It's just so hard to do a control hunter because of the hero power. So um, they're trying with Rexar. Rexar is super improved now. You know, um, I mean, we're not going to go too much into hunter, at least quite yet, but. Um, yeah, I, I think changing the identity is something that can be a good thing because it is change. But at the same time, it, it's when it's like conflicting with other things with with the class, it can be very just non-productive. Which I, I feel like with shaman, we're kind of seeing that. Like it's, it's just like there's nothing there for shaman right now. Um, yeah, shaman does not really have too much of a class identity. The yeah. totems kind of got like really scrapped with thing from below and stuff leaving. Now you can only do like. Death rattle, make your minions summon totems, and then <laughs> yeah, maybe like, what do they do? You can, it's like you can assemble Alakir if that happens. But <laughs> yeah. just most people do more, or most uh, classes do more things when they have board control. And even then, shaman's got some of the worst heat, like worst AOE, except for maybe volcano. But even volcano is not very strong compared to like the real AOE classes, like warlock. Uh, and storm is abysmal; it's just not a very good card. But it's like one of the best cards in Shaman. And then uh, they have pretty bad taunts. They have pretty bad healing. They have healing rain. Compare that to um, even the priest rain. healing is better than that. And compare it to Warlock, and there's no contest. So, and the, the removal wise, they have Hex, which is actually quite powerful. It's one of the only classes with a transform effect. But uh, card draw wise, they're also super abysmal. We got Manatide Totem and Bar uh, Sight. So they just don't really have. Any areas where they excel more than other classes, I'd say, except for Shutterwalk, potentially. <laughs> so oh, there's, that, there's that potential there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's always lurking, that, that, one, that one card that will, that will quote-unquote save Shaman. Um, but it's not really saving it. Just because you can build one deck from it doesn't mean that it's good. You know, the class is good. Uh, let's, we didn't even talk about the mage yet. So let's just talk about this mage that right? we've been referring to that's super aggro. It's it's like all the burn, including like Arcane Missile and um, Cinderstorm, which on a, like has been one of the surprises for me, just how like really cool it is. Um, and then just like your secrets, like the um, Explosive Runes and Counterspell. Those are the only two secrets that you have. Uh, and the rest of you guys can imagine. Uh, Life Drinker, Alunith, just in case you get into like a little bit longer games, which rarely happens, but when they do, Alunith is awesome. Power, you know, obviously Pyroblast too to finish it out. So super aggro, you know, um, 
anything to talk like what cards surprised you the most like the cinder storm surprised you guys at all or arcane missiles arcane and missiles? Storm both okay. surprised mm -hmm. me yeah uh arcane missile is an extremely powerful card in this deck in, in a lot of the uh, mm -hmm. is sort of aggro mirrors you can kind of just like keep sorcerer's apprentice and go like coin sorcerer's apprentice arcane missiles in that 50 50 to kill their guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> then you get to push an extra three to the face and sometimes that can be enough for you to be able to win the race at the end of the game because mm -hmm. they have to react to your guy so you often get in like six with your sorcerer's apprentice and then uh can snowball from there because they're a little bit slower under the board then. Crazy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, just in general, the missiles are really good and allow you to win race scenarios a lot of the time. Gar, you play this at all? No? Against it a lot. This mm -hmm. is Apprentice feels is so annoying. <laughs> it's, it feels so strong. Like sometimes it feels like Mirko Mage. Like sometimes mm -hmm. they just play Sussex Apprentice, Primordial Glyph, and then they go like five cards in the same turn, play like three Frostbolts and Arcane Missiles, and then suddenly like Mirror Image on top of it, and you're like, come on, dude, you have one mana. Um, yeah, yeah. The, it's, 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 I'm, I'm basically surprised that it works when you look at the deck. That's, oh, yeah. That's very cool. There's 10 minions in the whole deck, mainly burn <laughs> spells. Uh, you constantly have to play towards your top deck because yep. Yep. your top deck can burn a lot of the time. So it, it can feel like a super RNG deck because you're pretty much always playing towards the top deck. Most of your top decks are burn, so you, you play yeah, towards like so 70% to hit enough damage to close the game. And uh, <laughs> you just hope you get there, and you hope that your opponent doesn't top deck a healing card. Uh, it's seventy so, percent. Is it really RNG though? <laughs> At seventy percent, pretty RNG. You know, that against the odds that your opponent top decks a healing. <laughs> well, there's not much <laughs> healing right now. I mean, that's why this deck's good, right? Like outside of cube, and maybe some true silvers. Well, like, the reason why it's... that you can beat cube, or not really cube, you you probably are unfavored against cube warlock. They have the healing, yeah. but. Uh, so they have the healing and the pressure, the cube warlocks. But a lot of people are switching to the control warlock with these like abyss, uh, the despicable yeah. dreadlords, which are just not very pressure, slow. like super <laughs> slow pressure. Yeah. Whereas like doom guards, they kill you, and then they threaten them with cubes, and they cube pack you, and then you die before you get to pyroblast and stuff like that. Against control warlock, you can go to like turn thirteen in the game, and you can take it really slow, draw all of your burn, launch it all at their face, and kill them. But, um, yeah, what's the they, total they on this burn? Let's see. It's 1222, 32. Is this 38? Oh my god. If you get the explosive runes, you get like full explosive runes 50, uh, 656 from Life Drinker. Glyphs, yeah? yeah. Glyph? Oh my god, yeah. We're talking like 60, oh, 60 plus. Wow. Okay. That's just yeah, spells. So not... That's just spells. That's not even <laughs> minion damage. Okay. It's not really about the. The healing, it's about yeah. the pressure. Because Mage, yeah. although it has a lot of damage, it has some of the most inefficient sources of damage in the game, mana-wise. And it mm -hmm. surrenders the board on turn three, this deck. This deck, it, the curves pretty much stops at three. Life Drinker is not like a board-controlling play. That's more, you <laughs> know, aiming to try and it's kill taunt. you. Yeah. <laughs> Over-committing kind of thing. Yeah. So it, you lose the board at around, like, turn three. So if you have enough counter-pressure you can destroy this deck. And it, it finds success against even Paladin because even Paladin can be a little bit slower and their main trump card is weaker to 
uh, counterspell, but they don't have any way to capitalize on their board. Like they have Stegadon as their best way to capitalize on board, and people are cutting that. But against other forms of aggressive decks, they'll get the board and kill you with it before you make it to you know nine mana usually or mm -hmm. ten mana. So yeah. you can't actually deploy enough burn to kill them fast enough because of how mana inefficient the burn is. Yeah. So um, the one that you want to um, the the one that you've been playing like drops a, a Firefly right for a. A Thalnos? For a Thalnos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what Just, do you think about uh, that? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very minor change, right? So it doesn't really affect all of that much. It allows me to maybe mulligan more aggressively from Mana Worm kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I've versed a lot of controlling decks, so the Thalnos is pretty sweet. It's really, it's a lot stronger than Firefly against like Rogue, for example, because yeah. it's more burn in the late game and it's uh, card draw card draw to get more burn. Drawing a card is some amount of damage. So when you think about these kind of burn decks, Loot Hoarder and Novice Engineer and Thalnos and stuff like that come to mind because you're like, well, oh, what percent chance do I have to draw a burn spell? And then do I have enough time to play the burn spell? And if the answer is yes, then it, you know you start getting damage from card draw. So yeah. Against all the slow matchups, the draw is really powerful, and I've faced them a lot. I think a Warlock in particular is really tough to beat with um, the double Firefly list, because unless you get a really explosive early start, they can outheal you. Yeah, <laughs> just that extra two damage maybe you get out of that Thalnos. Well, know, the two damage and the card. The card's a big deal oh, as the well. the card too, yeah. Right. Two damage and a yeah. card, so... Uh, your percent chance to have Pyroblast on 10 goes up by a lot. Your right. percent chance to have, you know, double Fireball before 10 goes up a lot. Because against Warlock, you have to kill them before 10 a lot of the times. Yeah. They hit Gul'dan, they start healing, it's all over. Yeah. So, you know, your percent chance to get enough burn by 10 goes up by a lot when adding just one card <laughs> draw card. So I've been really liking the, the one little additional point of card draw just for having enough damage to close Warlock before 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, why don't we uh, talk about any cards that we overrated, underrated? We did this last week, which was kind of fun. Um, any cards that kind of stand out to you? I put Vicious Scalehide on this week, but um, Gara, which one, which one for you? But it's a classic card. Okay, what is it? Sure, it doesn't matter. Armani Berserker. Armani Berserker, oh. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, that's been being played in the, the even... Underrated. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot, <laughs> a lot of that. Okay, let, let's talk about that. Okay, Armani Berserker. Talk about it. Like, what what does it help with in the early game here? Suddenly, even Paladin, playing um, a free health minion with upside is very very good, as it turns out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as soon as I don't know who included it, I saw it's it included. Early. Yeah, pretty early on. And then suddenly, did. everyone changed their even Paladin with double money berserker. Everyone is just doing better with it. So definitely underrated one week ago. Mm -hmm. Now, pretty good. Isn't it cool it's, uh, seeing a bunch of these basic cards coming back? <laughs> it's, it's funny. Sorry about you the rotation really changed yeah. the stat line for like, a lot of minions. There are not very many good two drops in this game anymore. A lot of them rotated out. So mm -hmm. a lot of people are playing two mana, two threes, three mana, three fours now. Whereas before, there used to be like much more powerful minions in those kind of slots. Mm -hmm. But like vanilla three mana three fours are also something that you'll see occasionally in Legends Ladder, so pretty crazy. Yeah, get two for Just ones, to... man. It's it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> like I mean, it's it's a great card if you can get two for one at two. That's crazy. You're, you're also playing the, the snail 
with poison and sometimes oh, one, two, yeah the uh, one two time yeah. yeah yeah there's very few good two drops in the game yeah it's uh, crazy they play the rotation. That even? okay i guess they are playing that even somewhere right uh it's gastropod the, the, or something right there right yeah i guess yeah. Yeah. gastropod <laughs> the rotation <laughs> really just are, slaughtered so aggro decks man yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they slaughtered aggro decks yet there's still like a ton of aggro decks out there They're, they didn't do a good enough job at killing, well, i think the, the meta is more control focused Think but, so? uh, oh, wow. even uh, uh they splattered tempo decks I, I should say not really aggro decks like uh, there's not a very strong curve of stat minions that you can play that's why spiteful druid is now one of the decks with one of the stronger curves mm -hmm. in the game because they get to play the class druid minions to help fill out the curve which helps but um because there's always one spiteful deck where it's just what class has the best curve and first it's druid now and it's never been druid in the past and they didn't really get too much help with it just every other class's you know curve got a lot weaker with the two drops and the three drops and the four drops that are solid on curve rotating uh so hmm. pretty crazy to see how much weaker you get aggro decks like the mage can shine because there's nothing competing with them for stats on curve. They surrender the board on turn three, right? So yeah. they lose to decks that continue to take the board throughout the course of the game. Mm -hmm. So all right, like um, Mage is by far the best one drop in the game now. It had before already the best one drop, but now it's uncontested. What mana war? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's always been <laughs> the best. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Any other underrated cards? Firebat. Anything that stood out to you? It stood out to me as something that's quite powerful. Um, Might have been formerly underrated. I think uh, Blink Fox is oh, pretty strong. Yeah, okay, the rogue card. Yeah. In the odd rogue, Blink Fox is pretty powerful, actually. I kind of didn't expect it to be so good, but uh, just giving a little bit of extra gas, allowing you to sometimes be able to have plays on even turns that you normally would be kind of hanging mana is pretty sweet. So I've been kind of impressed by that quite a bit uh druid of the scythe it's pretty powerful like i said in spiteful druid they now have the best curve in the game mm -hmm. and druid of the scythe is a little bit a part of that it's just a pretty powerful three drop compared to some of the other options uh i think when evaluating these cards i didn't realize how much weaker the three drop spot was going to get mm -hmm. but there's a lot of room for three drops to shine right now since the rotation and uh scale worm thought that card was just going to be bad but uh, oh, the, wait, is that 5-4, right? The, uh, or the 5-4 the Dragon Synergy. Yeah. So the 4-mana 5-4 with Rush. Um, surprisingly pretty good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I, I didn't think Dragons would be worth playing in any deck at all. That card makes a, a lot of appearances and is quite good in the Dragon Synergy decks. So Dragon Synergy, you know, it's still kind of weak this expansion, but maybe next expansion. Yeah, it's got some foundation. Yeah, it's definitely foundational. Like, there's... There's cards that are that you could see at least mid game that would be uh, good there. They're just lacking the early game. If they if they could figure, if they had like worm rest again and and things yeah. like that. Oh my god, yeah, it'd be completely uh, strong it's, again. Like yeah, scale worm is good. I did not think it would be, but it is really good. With no support, really said, there's no early game anymore for that deck. Mm -hmm. Has literally no support. Still makes an appearance and performs. So uh, I expect that card to be played a lot after another expansion comes out if there's anything related to dragons kind of helping it mm -hmm. and then hench clan thug is super That's, broken i, I mean i think everyone good. thought it was gonna be good everyone thought it was gonna be good <laughs> yeah. but it is it is 
ridiculously good. That <laughs> card is uh, single-handedly making Ad Rogue like a thing. If that didn't exist, Ad Rogue would be so much less terrifying. And it, it even sees appearances in Miracle Rogue and makes Miracle Rogue actually worth playing. It's it's really, hard not really to put good. in your deck. It's just it's so easy to get great value from. Like it's almost like standard to get great value, right? Like the only negative is you have to hero power before it, you know, to to really have it uh, just it's, give you full value uh, on the very first swing. So if uh, they don't kill it, you just win. You know, it's like it's got a flappy bird <laughs> feel to it. Yeah, for sure. You play a three mana four four that they have to kill, otherwise you win. Like that card is absolutely <laughs> insane. Odd Rogue would be much, 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 much worse without that card. It's it's still funny though because at the same time it's, it is definitely overrated because people expected this card to sh uh, show up in all the classes that can play weapon and it's definitely underwhelming in like warrior and hunter like people tried to make it work. Warrior and hunters suck. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. a card's fault. It, it, it's good, man. It's really good. Super. <laughs> like, what do you expect from the card? <laughs> it's a three drop, man. What do you want? <laughs> I, I'm I'm waiting for somebody to play Doomhammer and then just get double buffs from that bad boy when they play it now. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. What shaman? Here we go. Yeah, exactly right. Pardon shaman. Go. I mean, you can play Doomhammer on five, and then uh, you can play it afterwards. If you coin a Doomhammer, you, the Overload works out perfectly. That's true. You'll play it next turn. That's true, man. We just created a new deck. That's right, man. Turn five shaman. Lightning bolt. That's Easy. all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, we're going to move on to some Q&A just to finish things out. Before we do that, I want to thank all the patrons that support the show. You guys are obviously the, the main support line that we have for doing these shows each and every week. So uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, you like the show, go in go to patreon.com slash valuetown and make a pledge today. Anything helps, guys. Like a quarter, a dollar, you know, whatever you want to do per episode, that really helps out in terms of us, you know, um, you know, paying the bills, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I do want to thank all the patrons that that do and have been patrons for a long time. Uh, Mike T, our legendary producer, of course, Raiden, Bob K, Gary D, Grant A, Louise L, Vince F, Alex F, Bruce W, uh, Jonathan V, Mike O, Random Guy ASMR, Alistair M, Anthony L, and N Burst. And, uh, you know, for all the new patrons that, that start up, you know, we'll definitely be sending you guys uh, um, some HS Replay coupons. Um, only for, for ones that are, you know, $5 and up, you know, we'll be sending some coupons over to you guys to give uh, HS Replay a try. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of perk for you guys. And all the ones that have been currently, you know, currently uh, patrons, you know, we, we uh, at least I sent out codes last week. So let me know if you guys didn't end up getting that. Um, okay, next up we've got Q&A. Amadan, of course, always with a question. According to the cards section in HS Replay, only Baku is in the top 30 cards and decks. If we limit to class only, Godfrey is in the top 30. Or am I using it wrong? <laughs> I think he was probably using it right. Only Baku in uh, number 5 in top 30 and Godfrey number 22. So his question is, is the power level of this expansion too low? In y'all's opinion. Um, that's a really difficult question to answer. It depends on a uh, lot of things. But first off, uh, this is the first expansion after a rotation. So it needs to yeah. be the weakest expansion of the entire year so that they can build upon it and make the expansions in the future more are actually relevant. Mm -hmm. So it's important that it's not too strong, as well as you need to factor in um, at some point it's going to be like just this expansion out pretty much 
uh, with the next rotation. So it's all about setting the scene for a few years. That's why it needs to be kind of weaker. Yeah, I, I think right now it's deceptively weaker than it, it actually is because of the old cards being so oppressive. Uh, we look at Death Knights, we look at uh, Call to Arms, Legendary Weapons, I think things like that. The design philosophy of previous sets with the Legendary Weapons and Death Knights and having quests and just like these big staple cards that uh, are better than all the other cards in the game, and that being the primary way that they designed cards, caused all of these uh, problems where there's cards that box out other cards. Mm -hmm. I think this set's a lot more comfortably designed with a lot less uh, you know, flagship cards, cards where it's like, you put this in your deck, you build your entire deck around it, and then this carries your deck. <laughs> uh, we've had a lot of that in the previous <laughs> Yeah, sets. that's the issue right now, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that's making things super polarized and making it so a lot of strategies and a lot of options get boxed out. Mm -hmm. Gar, yeah. your take? I also feel like there was a huge problem last year with all the Jades and with Karazhan. That we had like a lot of cards we played like all the time, like Barnes and like Medivh and whatever. Just because it's they flashy. were like too strong. It's like, like flashy stuff, right? Like Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but the problem right now, I feel overall it's very good. But like Firebird said, we still have a lot of these auto-wing cards in the game. Like a lot of the bad cards rotated out. And it really reduced the overall power level of the game. But we still have all the DKs that just win you the game. Mm -hmm. We still have like the legendary weapons that just win you the game. We still have Call to Arms. So it's kind of like it. It's like eighty percent fixed or something, and twenty percent is still remaining. Mm -hmm. And that's still a huge, huge problem. Like we still yeah. have the raw quest and stuff like that. Uh, it did a lot of good things, but you don't really notice how good it is that this yeah. expansion is such a low power level because we still play all the low-powered yeah. broken uh, cards. Like, there's a lot of really powerful cards in this expansion. Like, Rotten Applebaum is extremely powerful, mm -hmm. does more mana worth of stuff than how much it costs. Voodoo Doll is absolutely <laughs> insane. Crazy. We don't see that yet. Uh, Hench Clan Thung, which we do see, is, like, crazy super busted compared to a lot of other previous three drops in the game. Lord Godfrey, which we don't actually see all that much yet, is crazy super busted for what it's doing. Uh, even Life Drinker is above the normal average uh, power scale in Hearthstone for like a four drop. So uh, there's a lot of cards that are, I'd say, a lot more powerful than some of the things we've had in previous sets on average. But uh, it's, we're just not seeing them yet. They just can't yeah. fall into shape because of the Control Warlocks, Quest Rogues. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I I've been saying this like just when people ask, you know, um, and when I talk to other people, I, I I feel like this expansion is underappreciated, um, you know, from a design standpoint because we everybody's like, well, none of these cards have any effects, and it's true, you know, and and I think that from a sales standpoint and you know things like that, it, it could be you could easily see it as maybe like a failure because there's just nothing that's just crazy broken. And compare it to K and C where you had Void Lords and cubes and you know like called arms and all the you know just crazy stuff right um you, we don't have anything quite at that level and i think it's a you know as crazy as it sounds i think it's a good decision not to continue that type of thing where you're trying to one-up that or even just like create something just as powerful in another class you know and keep that up like what they've laid out here 
like with even Hunter and Car, you know, like the classes that you don't like outside of Shaman, everything else, I think they've laid out good foundations for the rest of the year. And um, we're not going to see the fruits of it until maybe another expansion or two, but and maybe a nerf or two. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I really think they made a lot of good decisions. Like, um, and I every time every time I play Hunter, I just start appreciating that class more and more. At least some of the new cards that they've created for that class more and more. So, um, you know, I, Hunter is really cool looking. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it's really it's like, bad right now, but yeah, it looks really. Yeah, so I I'm excited for like the next expansion for Hunter, but um, but yeah, so power level wise, yeah, it's definitely under like less relatively low power versus the last three or four expansions, but um, I think that in the long run we'll we'll benefit from that. Uh, but we have to get some nerfs. Like if we don't have to see nerfs, we'll never appreciate some of these things that they did in this expansion. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the this expansion. A lot less flashy than the other ones. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. way less super powerful single cards. And I really like that a lot because of all the things you're saying. Um, we're going to have a game at the end of this where it's less reliant on drawing your Death Knight, for example, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. you know, having Gul'dan on 10 is really important in a lot of matchups. Having Jaina on 9 is super important to the win rate if you're playing a Jaina Mage. Um, having a Lunith in Tempo Mage dramatically affects your win rate. There's so many cards that when you draw them, you just win more. Call to Arms and Paladin, when you draw, you win more. Mm-hmm. So, Ikelaseth, stuff like that. So, there's none of those in this set. So, it seems like it's less impactful. It's just a lot more um, building blocks than there are giant, flashy, draw this and win card. And I hate draw this and win cards. I've spoken a lot on a lot of different talk shows and a lot of videos of my own stream, but how much I hate things like Kaliseth, Barnes, uh, the design of Gul'dan and Jaina and all these sort of things. So I'm really happy that they're moving away from that sort of flashiness and that sort of... Those are what people want, though. Those are what sells packs, believe it or not. But it's just really bad for trying to play the game competitively because your win rates start to revolve around drawing the cards that are broken. I mean, the cool did even stop. What was that? Yeah, like, <laughs> if you continue this trend, like, we had Kellis of Barnes, like, spiteful. Some, where would it stop? Like, we play our one drop and then win the game, like, after five years. Wow, we've had that before. It was Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's happened. Yeah. We yeah. kind of have that with Metal Worm a little bit. It's not that bad, but it's, okay, it's yeah. not Undertaker bad. But it, it, there has to be cards that are, you know, maybe more powerful than other cards at some point. But, uh, you know, you talk about, like, I talk, when I look at cards, I think about them in the, the scheme of you know, how does that fit on the average scale, which most cards fit all on a scale. Like, you can calculate the value of every single card compared to the other cards and say, like, how much am I spending for this in terms of card and in terms of mana? Is this worth, you know, whatever? And some are just, like, twice as good as other ones. <laughs> so, I mean, look at Spyfall now, right now, man. When you yeah. six drop, you get a four four and a twelve twelve, like a, a large amount of times in you know in the Druid. It's like insane. I mean, it, like the problems we had like two years ago, where, where they nerfed Ancient of Lore because it felt too strong because Druid had so much ramp, and then you played it like on turn five on average, and then drawing two cards felt too strong. And like two expansions later, we had Ultimate Infestation. And it just throws everything out of the window. Like <laughs> it's like there's no more scale. Like well, we, we have bonfire elemental that's almost you know like like ancient of lore a long time ago, and that's like 
cheaper now <laughs> too. And it's, it's kind of crazy, right? Um, the power level clearly is like super high right now. And, you know, I, I think if they, if they adjusted it, it's going to take a year to adjust uh, if they don't nerf some of these cards too. So, you know, we definitely talked about, you know, you, we started out the show, if I right, you're saying that it needs a nerf. Do you think they'll nerf mid expansion here? You know, like kind of maybe, maybe start this type of cycle where it's like, okay, we have an expansion and then maybe six weeks later we do a nerf or, or eight weeks later we do a nerf. It's and... take them a while to do a nerf. Think so? I think for sure, like they're going to do this whole, we have the adventure thing coming out tomorrow. Yep. So that's going to draw a lot of attention away from the ladder. And uh, especially that's, they're going to count that as like a big dramatic change. So it'll be another, <laughs> like, I would say at least another it's two like, weeks. It's like the approval start... rate, like back up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it comes it, up it's going to take at least yeah. another two weeks before they start talking about changing something. Because uh, to, I, I think in their mind, releasing the you know, single player content counts as changing things. It counts as... You know, interacting with the community and fixing things. Yeah. Even though in in my mind personally, I don't think of it as fixing things. I think of them as two separate uh, entities. But uh, they don't want to make too many changes too quickly. I think that counts as a change in their book. Mm. Okay. So maybe a month after that, I don't know. Maybe more. It's only been two weeks again, guys. So it's like it's not even like the eight week period. We, we could still be talking like six weeks from now. It would be mid expansion. Yeah. You know. I think so. they're gonna do single player content. They're gonna wait things out a little bit longer. Everyone's gonna for a little while while we do the single player content and then that we're going to remind them of the problems and then they're going to wait until we're fed up enough and then they're going to tease us a little bit by announcing a change and then they're going to make a change I, they, they got a formula and a system to you know always keep us you know right where they want us i wonder what uh, has to show up for them in the stats though for them to realize there's a problem like when you look at quest <laughs> for example from shot. stats yeah Gar's trying it's to game the game. algorithm. Like, how can we, we get a, them to do it? <laughs> we had a quest road previously yeah. show this exact kind of stats. I, I would be, it'd be kind of cool to throw a graphic up of, uh, we don't have it, but uh, to make a graphic where it's like, quest road when they determined it was a problem, what are the stats? And then quest road now. I bet you they're the same amount of polarization yeah. as there was before when they determined, hey, we're going to nerf this because of this polarization. Well, that polarization is happening right now. So I don't understand why it's not raising alarm bells. I, I bet you it's very similar, if not the same. Maybe even worse polarization. I think now it's yeah. worse because I think the deck is better. probably worse, yeah. Back, the deck then, is better. Had, back then it had like worse. Well, uh, back then it had an extra, extra, two extra shadow steps because it had to play ferryman. They didn't have Sonya back then. Sonya's insane. But you only needed four minions to complete the quest. Right. Four minions with two <laughs> extra shadow steps is you complete it really fast. Like you used to complete the quest regularly on turn five or six. So that was really not, silly. Not to mention just chaining like when when it removes board and heals the entire time, you know, with with like scale uh the, yeah. the vicious um the scale vicious skill hide yeah. yeah it's like it's incredible like the rogues got healed the, the quest rogues got healed now too so um i think it's more dynamic than even back in the past might not be quite as fast speed wise you think it's the same you think it on average yeah, it completes it's, a quest? it's slower it completes it's a like little seven, slower. Yeah, seven yeah. or eight now hey it's way slower but you also have to remember we play a Monty Berserker now. The game is slower. <laughs> like, the rotation has made the the early drops a lot weaker in Hearthstone. This is the weakest I think the early drops have ever been, yeah. besides, like, vanilla Hearthstone. Even Max Ramus, 
ramped the early drops up right away. Yeah. So this is like back to vanilla Hearthstone early drop curve sort of situation. <laughs> Wait, I think we have a lot more Croc yet. Like when are we going to see Croc, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, we see Plated Beetle. Plated Beetle's played in even close. Yeah. That's Croc with game three life. That's basically River Crocolisk. We're playing River Crocolisk again. That's uh, right. how bad the early drops are. But uh, the late game and mid-range minions are a lot more powerful than vanilla Hearthstone, obviously. Right, right. Um, oh, somebody's asking like when the next HTT tournament is. I, I think it's like a week, right? It's uh, it's Taipei really is happening like now. It, oh, is it? It's like this weekend so, then, yeah. So this weekend, yeah, everyone's flying out to uh, Taipei. Oh man, I think Taiwan. we'll get a good look at what this looks like now. Everybody well, playing those three decks, or we're going to switch it up. You know, it'd be it'd be good to see if the deck submission for that was due like yesterday. I think they oh, made okay. decks super early, which is always a mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't. Don't make people submit decks early. I don't. What benefit do you get out of that? All that does usually is open opportunity for people to cheat because it's really hard if someone misses the deck deadline to be like, "All right, you booked your flight to Taipei, right. which is in Taiwan, and you're from America. You're banned." So like, they can't really do that. Yeah. And so if they're not willing to ban people from the tournament for not submitting a deck in time, then they should not have a deck deadline like that. And they've never been willing to kick people out of the tournament for that. Well, I think because... I think people are very wary of announcing de- their decks like these days. Oh well, yeah, now yeah. It's... But still, in Hearthstone, the metagame changes so rapidly that mm-hmm. uh, since deck submission is so early, it's just it's horribly run. It's horribly run. There are people that don't don't submit decks will get an advantage. They will not get banned. I guarantee you, if you do not submit your deck, you won't get kicked out of the tournament. What do you mean? There, there has to be some deadline to submission. Like, you can't just... There is a deadline, but they do not enforce it. No, they but like you're telling me when enforce. they get there, they can just go and give the admin their deck list and they'll say yes? Wow. No way. That's yes. Like, really? yeah, they book their flight. Really? They, say, they miss the deadline by a day. That and day is one a, thing, but... Yeah. Then they're in a plane because they're traveling from America and it takes about, like... Uh, you know, yeah, a day, a day yeah, and a so half or whatever to get yeah. there. And so they can't respond to you while they're in the plane. And then they can get there the day <laughs> yeah. of the tournament. And then they oh. submit their deck list. And they're in Taiwan now. What are you going to do? Say you can't play in the tournament? You just paid $2,000 for a flight. Sorry. Go home and your hotel and everything. Like, no, no tournament admin's willing to do that. Oh, so I, tournament admins need to either change the rules to make them make <laughs> sense. Because there's, why do you need these deck lists so early? What are you doing with them? They, they always say, well, we're going to do something. make like, Show them, but they never yeah, show them. It, yeah. it, they, they don't. Yeah, they so, never do. It's like... It, what is the point? And then um, they never are willing to kick anyone out that doesn't follow the rules. Oh, they just forgot, and they just got on their flight. And then a lot of these tournament admins don't play Hearthstone, so they don't understand how big of an advantage that is and how big of a deal that is. Right. So, I mean, it is a huge problem right now. So, I mean, they uh, should. I mean, if they make a a deadline, they should just adhere to it. Like, if you come, it's yeah. too bad. You know, it's like that. That's in the rules, right? So, I yeah. don't think anybody would be pissed. I mean, obviously, there are these weird situations. Well, and I guarantee you, what's going to happen is you you kick a guy out for not spending his time. He's flown all the way there. He's going to make this giant rant about how he did no wrong and that he's getting screwed and the whole system's against him. (laughs) He just missed one thing and he wasn't trying to cheat. But yeah, people will back him and support him because he lost all this money. But it's wrong. And if you want to play the game and if you want 
play the game seriously and you want everyone to take the game seriously, you need to follow the rules seriously. And uh, we don't do that in competitive Hearthstone. We don't enforce rules, which yeah, is... Yeah, if you don't enforce rules, nobody will respect the rules. So it, you got to do that, number one. And I think that if you just say it, like if you, you present it in a way like, hey, you don't get your deck, then you booked your flight. It's too bad. Like if you present it like that, then I, I think it's much harder for people to really... You know, throw those type of Reddit rants and and have the the whole and community support them. If you're just yeah. very straightforward with the that, so um, yeah, that that's great. Yeah, hopefully it people adhere to the rules. Show, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just hope people adhere to the rules so that we can just see you know what everybody brings. And I'm hoping it's more than just the you know the the stale type of three classes that we we were talking about earlier. And we see some. God, can you imagine if we saw a shaman? Can you imagine if we saw a Shutterwalk shaman in HCT? Oh man, Shutterwalk shaman <laughs> doesn't beat not, anything. It, <laughs> doesn't like not anything. the combo version, but like there might be some sort of anti-aggro controlling Shutterwalk that does well versus Paladin, for example, or something. Because uh, the strategies are going to be either bring the best decks, so Warlock, Paladin, and at the time, mm -hmm. Spiteful Druid potentially might have yeah. you know shifted right before deck submission, but so some alignment of those three kind of decks or try and counter the weakest link of those decks. And the, you can't really counter Spiteful super consistently because occasionally they just draw Spiteful, get Tyranidus, and you're screwed. And then uh, you can't counter Warlock consistently because they can always high roll you with cube stuff. So then you go for countering Paladin, and then you try and play you know all the decks that can be Paladins, like Control Warlock with the Dreadlords, maybe some sort of Jaina Mage tech to do it and that kind of stuff. So I think it's either going to be the best decks are people trying to counter Paladin. Well, and what, the, the question becomes, which, which is more consistent? What's nice is they can ban a deck. So they can really, you know, like, at least there, there'll be different strategies. And the, the, I think the variety in the decks uh, will, will increase because of the fact that they're, they're building around a ban. So um, that'll be nice to see. I think that's about the only thing that will break up the potential monotony of what we see on the line. I think the, the most common ban is actually not going to be Warlock. I think Request Rogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yep. And then th that's, that's good though, because then you'll see some more control decks being brought to the, the tournament. It might be fun to to see. Yeah, there's, there's not enough mm -hmm. aggro decks to where you can bring a lineup where Quest Rogue doesn't get a free win. <laughs> like it's just not enough things that can kill Quest Rogue fast enough. You have to bring controlling decks. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that's it's gonna be fun to watch. And uh, Taipei, it's probably gonna be in the middle of the night, right? Like in the morning or something, right? Like, I think the hours are probably gonna be horrible to watch it. But hopefully, hopefully people can can catch the vods, and we'll definitely talk about it next week. But all right, well, let's let's wrap up, guys. Great show, always, uh, man, always amazing to get your insight, Firebat, and have you, uh, you know, discuss the meta. You're always like super smart with it. So, uh, thanks for join us and any shout outs you want to do before you take off uh no thanks for having me yeah man it's fun <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while so it's like yeah definitely great to have you on uh gar how about you um yeah shout out to my stream and to my twitter down there shout out to firebed it's yeah it was very awesome to hear his insight shout out to the viewers yeah. the loveliest elva uh, as ever pretty sure Pretty and, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked at the you chat. You can't so see them, right? So, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're very lovely yeah, people. Yeah, Not spamming or anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
All right, and I'll, I'll uh, round things out. Thank you, uh, the two of you guys, and then everybody else, yeah, for watching and, uh, you know, commenting. It's been been a great chat. They've definitely been, been uh, very nice. Our chat's always great. We don't, I, I don't think we have enough people where it gets toxic, you know, so it's definitely good that way. But you can follow us, obviously, on the Twitters. You can see us, all the Twitters there. Follow the show at ValueTownGG. Um, you can find the VODs on youtube.com slash and youtube.com slash net too. So we're trying, trying to get some people over there too. And um, you can find us on iTunes as well as Google Play and soundcloud.com slash uh, If you are listening, leave us a review too. If you guys are, um, you just enjoy the show and want people to find it too, because we, we definitely want people to find this, this podcast. Uh, and uh, that's going to be it, guys, for this week. So for Firebat, Gar, and myself, V, we'll see you next week.